Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. The book of Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. And so we're learning about the laws, right? Laws and laws are what? Laws are what? Laws are what? Laws are actions that have predictable consequences, right? That's a law, a particular action that would have a a predictable consequence. And so we're going to continue on this. These are just things that, you know, these are just things that that came out to me as I was reading through my Bible and just kind of stayed there for a little while. And I I felt like these were things that, that were beneficial to me and I believe beneficial to you. I heard a person use this term recently, and it just, it just meant a lot to me when I heard it. And, and that is um, the word spiritually intellectual. A spiritual intellectual person. And, and what he meant by that is that we have to learn how to be uh, spiritually uh, spiritually knowledgeable, a spiritual intellect, not an academic intellect, but a spiritual intellect. And those are two very different things. A person can be smart relative to the things in this, this realm, but not necessarily smart uh, relative to spiritual issues. And so what we want to do is, is become spiritual intellects, spiritual intellectual. So that we can understand the invisible world. There is an invisible world. Most people don't know this invisible world, but there is an invisible world. And only to the degree that you understand this invisible world will you be able to really handle life as God wants you to handle it. So uh, I want to become a spiritual intellect or become more of a spiritual intellect. And, uh, And the way we do that is by exchanging our minds for God's mind and having the mind of Christ. The, the greatest spiritual intellect is Jesus Christ. And so we want to have his mind, or God as it were. And we want to have his mind, and he's, oh, he's disclosed his mind to us. The word of God is how he has disclosed his mind to us. And so we want to we grow in being a spiritual intellect. And, and those are the greater conversations that you'll ever have with people are those who are climbing that mountain, as it were, of spiritual intellect in, to being spiritual intellectual. Uh, because now you're tapping in, you're going into a direction with people that are pursuing the same intellect or spiritual intellect. That's why people who are in a particular field and who have studied certain things, whether it be physics or, or biology or 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 how to work on a car or, or whatever it might be, they can have some conversations that will exclude others around them because they're talking on a whole nother level. They have an intellect in that particular level, in that particular area. And so we want to we learn how to be spiritual intellectuals, to understand 
the unseen world, the realm of the spirit. And it must be a pursuit. There are people who are, who are in a particular area of study or discipline who you never, ever stop learning in that area. We have people in this room right now that may have a Ph.D. or M.D. in, in a particular area or, or have a, a certain amount of study in a particular area. But I'm sure if we asked them, would they, if they said, I, I've learned all there is to know, they would tell you no. They would say, no, there's more to, to learn. You know, so we have to go on beyond, as, as the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, we got to go on beyond the baptisms. Matter of fact, let's look at that. I wasn't planning on turning there, but go to Hebrews chapter 6 real quick if you would. And uh, just mark uh, or try to stay in uh, Hebrews. Uh, so um, Hebrews chapter 6, it says, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. Everybody say amen. amen. Say, I want to move further and further and more understanding. How long, how long will it just be that Jesus Christ uh, is the way to salvation? Um, I believe God wants us to become more. I believe he wants to, to gain more. I believe he wants to be more insightful. I believe he wants us to have an intellect spiritually, which is more important than any other form of intellect. And so I want to move on. You should want to move on. We should want to move on, and it comes by way of studying and reading the Word of God so that God can begin to download things in the invisible realm to us. So let's go back to Luke chapter 17. Y'all will know if the anointing is upon me today if I'm able to handle two gadgets at one time. I was at a, we did, um, we did, um, graduation uh, with uh, the awards on on uh, Friday evening, and Lynetta had uh, Thursday evening, and so I had about ten certificates to hand out to kids who had gone through the critical program, all seniors, and so I'm sitting there, and they are have called out the names, they just kind of give you the nature of George Logan, and uh, and so they, they had all of these people coming, all of these young men, and they just started calling the names out one after the other. And so I had them all in alphabetical order, but I had them folded down. So the first one came up, I gave him his. The second came up, I'm not certain that I gave it to him. But after the rest of them, I said, here, y'all give them to the right people once you get to them. <laughs> I went in overload. I was like, oh, no. And my wife was up there. I knew it. I knew he wouldn't be able to handle that. <laughs> And uh, so anyway, I'm just saying, I'm just prepping you that if, I'm, if I get a little distracted with two of them, you'll know how to, I'll pull myself back in. So anyway, let's go. Um, Luke 17, and let's look at verse number 20. Luke 17 and verse 20. All right. 
It says, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And this is the, the law of the, um, the law of the invisible but present, all right? The invisible but present. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. For the kingdom of God is already among you. The kingdom of God is already in our midst. So if we're going to be keenly spiritual, we have to be aware that the kingdom of God is already here. A lot of times people are wanting the kingdom. You know, God, I want, I want this. I need this. I, I'm trying to get this. So when we're talking about faith, uh, we're talking about being able to tap into the invisible, which is already amongst us, that is already present now. So there's, a, there's an invisible kingdom amongst us right now. God is in our midst. The Spirit of God is in our midst right now. There are things that are going on right now. So it's, it's inaccurate to say, uh, God, see, the, the prayer that Jesus prayed when he said, uh, Our Father which art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It was a prayer specifically for then. Because in its fullness, it hadn't necessarily come yet. The Holy Spirit hadn't fully been given out completely yet. But now it's no longer appropriate to just say, thy kingdom come. Now we're already in the kingdom. We exist in the kingdom right now. We are kingdom citizens right now. We live in the kingdom every single day. So it's not a matter anymore of thy kingdom come anymore. Other than for it to be manifested amongst us. Does that make sense to everyone? In other words, it's already here. We, we already have the kingdom. Uh, whatever's in the kingdom right now is already ours. So it's a, a matter of us appealing to what's already ours, not trying to get it to come. So when I'm praying, I've got to be aware I have to have the intellect, the spiritual intellect to know that I'm not trying to get God to give me something. I'm trying to say, God, what I'm saying in prayer is, God, I already have it, and I petition it by faith. It's mine right now by faith. So that every prayer should be uh, ending with, Father, we thank you. It's already ours. We receive it by faith. We give you praise and we give you glory for it. It's ours right now. And so in every area of our lives, we have to begin to see it uh, the invisible realities of what God has already given us. When he says, by his stripes you were healed, that's an invisible substance that we already have. It's not, it's not that God is going to, okay, um, okay, you need it. Okay, let me, let me see if I can get it to you. No, it's, it's Father, I thank you. It's, it's mine. We, we have it right now. It's ours right now. So we begin to tap into the, or be, begin to live in a, uh, with a reality of the law of present but invisible. What do you need? It's right here. What do you want? It's right here. 
I was talking to the kids yesterday, and, and this just came, kind of came out. And I think it's probably part of the challenge of us not getting things uh, manifested in our life is that Paul said this. Paul said, I press, I press towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward those things which are ahead. And, and what he's saying there, he also says, for the things that God has apprehended me. And so I said to that, you know, the kids use a term called, what, what do we say, um, extra. Who said that? Extra. Meaning, meaning it's kind of a negative term, right? My, my daughter will say that to my wife sometimes. No, you never use that? You've used that term before. That's where I got it from you. You've never used the term extra before. Huh? Not, but not for your mama, but somebody else? Yeah. Never? Okay. <laughs> anyway, so extra simply means this. More, more than is required. And I think that's what most Christians are at. We're, we're at the place of less or, or just average. We're, we're at the place of never extra. Never more than is required. You know, okay, I, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. I don't want I don't necessarily want extra. Extra is what you got to strive after. Extra is where you want to know, have a spiritual intellect. Extra means you got to go this high, but you got to go this high. That's extra. So Paul says, I strain, I press towards the mark. I, I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection while I'm right down here on earth. That's called extra. What is it that you're doing now that would be cause, that would be deemed as extra in your life so that we can develop an intellectual, a spiritual intellectuality? Why, why is it that some people know more in the spirit realm than other people know in the spirit realm? I believe it's because some have gone after extra. And some are just satisfied with where they are right now. But I'm going to tell you, if you want to know the deeper, the deeper thoughts of God, they lie in the place of extra. They lie in the place of pressing. They lie in the place of meditating. They lie in the place of solitude. They lie in the place of using the beautiful gift of imagination to know that there is a present reality to the invisible. But you're not going to get there by constant movement, constant going, constant seeing and constant watching a television constant you're not going to get to that place of seeing the invisible as long as you are caught up in the visible are you with me the only way we can tap into the invisible is that we be still and know that i am god be still, be silent, be quiet, get to a quiet place, get up in the morning before anyone is working out or going on, stay up late at night. In other words, pursue this thing called spiritual intellectuality, pursue this invisible realm, and you are not going to get it unless it's very intentional. The kingdom of God is in our midst. We have these treasures in earthen vessels. It would be so sad to know I've had this treasure with me all this time and never be able to tap into it. Never be able to go deep enough into the ground to pull it out. I want you to see something. Oh, my goodness. Look at, look at, um, um, 
Oh, hallelujah. Find it. Um, uh, Job 28. Job 28. Look at this. Oh, you're going to love it. I said you're going to love it. I'm going to read all of it. Listen to this. This is a, such a great example of the invisible versus the, 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 the known. Listen to this. Mm. Job 28. I think. I hope. Yes. Yes, listen. Listen to this. You don't even have to pay me for this. I'm going to give you this for free. All right? Listen to this. Listen. People know where to mine silver and how to refine gold. Listen. People know where to mine silver and how to refine gold. They know where to dig iron from the earth and how to smelt copper from rock. They know how to shine light in the darkness and explore the farthest regions of the earth. As they search in the dark for ore, they sink a mine shaft into the earth far from where anyone lives. First of all, let me just, let me just say just from, a, just from a worldly intellect, how many of you marvel at some of the things that man has done? I do. There's some things that man, man has done. Man has done some incredible stuff. How many of you saw the story of... Um, I don't think you were telling me about it. They were where they were. How far they go down into the to earth to do what? What were they mining for? What were they mining for? But they go like miles down, right? Yeah, they're still, they're still diamonds. It's diamonds, diamonds. They go, they go miles, miles under the surface of the earth to mine for diamonds. Man, through man's knowledge, through man's intellect, thousands of miles. Listen. What verse did I get to? Verse 4. They sink a mine shaft into the earth far from, uh, anyone, from where anyone lives. They descend on ropes swinging back and forth. Food is grown on the earth above, but down below the earth is melted as by fire. Here the rocks contain precious lapis lazuli. I don't know if that word is correct. Lazuli, 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 lazala. And the dust contains gold. These are treasures no bird or prey can see. No falcon's eye observes. No wild animal was, has, has walked upon these treasures. No lion has ever set his paw there. People know how to tear apart flinty rocks and overturn the roots of mountains. They cut tunnels in the rocks and uncover precious stones. They dam up the trickling streams and bring to light the hidden treasures. But do people know where to find wisdom? Where can they find understanding? No one knows where to find it. For it is not found among the living. It is not here, says the ocean. Nor is it here, says the sea. It cannot be bought with gold. It cannot be purchased with silver. It's worth more than all the gold of Ophir. Greater than precious onyx of lapis. Lazuli, I'm going to take your word for it. Is it really? Thank you. That's good to know. Wow. You want to preach the rest of this message? <laughs> Wisdom is more valuable than gold and silver and crystal. It cannot be purchased with jewels mounted in fine gold. Coral and jasper are worthless in trying to get it. The price of wisdom is far above rubies. Precious peridot from Idia, 
Ethiopia cannot be exchanged for it. It's worth more than the purest gold. But do people know where to find wisdom? Where can they find understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all humanity. Even the sharp-eyed birds in the sky cannot discover it. Destruction and death say. We've heard only rumors of where wisdom can be found. God alone understands the way of wisdom. He knows where it can be found. For he looks throughout the whole earth and sees everything under the heavens. He decided how hard the winds should blow, how much rain should fall. He made the laws for the rain and laid out the paths for the lightning. Then he, then he saw wisdom and evaluated it. He set it in place and examined it thoroughly. Listen to this. And this is what he says to all humanity. That means us, right? Are we included in all humanity? We are. And says, the fear of the Lord is true wisdom, and to forsake evil is real understanding. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom, and to forsake evil is real understanding. How many of you know people who have done tremendously well in life, but have have not been able or have not been able to, number one, forsake evil, and number two, to know, to know God, to fear God. Now, what does it mean to fear God? Here's the beginning. Here, here's how we learn the deeper things of God. Here's how we begin to tap into a spiritual intellectuality, is fearing means, man, he is so, so big, so heavy, so powerful. Ah. Whatever you say. What, what, whatever you say. I, I forsake mine for you. What, what do we use? What do we use? Um, what are color commentators for? You know, they have the, the announcer in sports. And so they got that one guy that's just, he's a wordsmith. He just, he can talk, he's intellectual, he's uh, articulate, he can just talk, and then you have Charles. What is Charles for? I'm talking about Charles Barkley. What is Charles for? You have the person who's, who's the talker, the, the one who's, who's, you know, he's kind of like leading it. But what is, what is Charles for? He has color. Charles is there because Charles played the game. Right? Charles played the game. So there is a certain reverence that comes out up for Charles, even though the, the dude sometimes says some stuff that just, you're like, where are you coming from? But we give reverence to him because he's been in there. He's played the game. He, we say, well, he should know what he's talking about, so to speak. Right? There's a heaviness. There's a weightiness. There, there's a, there's, a, there's a, a reverence for the people who have played the game, who, and that's why they use them as, as the color commentators because they have a weightiness. We, we automatically say, oh, if Michael Jordan came in here right now and, and, and there was anyone else who was teaching basketball and Michael Jordan came in here, all of a sudden all eyes would go to him, wouldn't they? Why? Because he's been out there. There is a reverence for him. There is, a, there is an attitude of what, what did you say? Did you say that? 
in that particular arena. He could be right or wrong, but we give him reverence. We give him an element of fear, as it would say in the Bible. We kind, of, we kind of stand in awe of him. But shall the God of all the earth not have that type of reverence and more? When he says something, will we not all stop and say, is that what you said? Because when we deny it, when we, when we look past it, when we continue going in a particular area, we're saying that my wisdom, my earthly wisdom is more, uh, 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 is more beneficial to me than what you're saying. But I want to be a spiritual intellectual. I want to be able to understand the unseen world. I want to see what Jesus saw when he walked upon the earth. I want to be able to deal with demons, and they are real, the way Jesus dealt with them. I don't want to just put them out. We were talking about this in our, in our group uh, recently. And we're just talking about how, how some people have, have completely said that they're no longer demons and the devil is not real. I want to be a spiritual intellect. I want to know when there's a demon operating within the personality and be able to deal with that personality that is now functioning or the, the, the demon is now functioning over. I want to have eyes. I want to be discerning, as it were. To know that there is an invisible world that we're living in. And if you don't understand that, then you are as one who is fighting in the dark. You're never going to be able to punch the thing that is in front of you. And that's why many of us get beat up all the time is because we're not truthful or we're not willing to believe that there's an invisible world and it is trying to come in against us. It's trying to work against it and it is working against individuals all the time. And until we come to the reality that there is an invisible world and that there are demons and angels and Jesus and God in this world, then we'll continue to get our heads beat up. Continue to walk around with stupid and stubborn attitudes because you don't know that there's somebody playing your chords, as it were. There's someone that is, that is playing the chords of your life, and you're just, you're just a puppet until you get to the puppeteer. And you tell them, stop all that movement in my life. Get out of my life. Stop functioning in my life. You no longer have a right to be in my life. You old creepy crawler, you get out of here. But if we want to just stay at a surface level, then we'll think personalities are the problem. And you never understand what Jesus said or what Paul said. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and powers and wicked things in high places. And you can't fight them in that, until that becomes a reality to you. What is, a, what is a demonic spirit? A demonic spirit, in many ways, I've heard someone say it this way, is a personality. Sometimes we say, well, that's just me. No, that's just you wrapped around a demon. Curdled to, perverted by, crooked by a demon. But if you don't tap into the spiritual realm, you'll say, oh, that's just me. That's, I've always been that way. That's just, that's just who I am. No, you're being played like a fiddle. Being played like a fiddle. 
Until you understand that the spiritual realm, that the enemy will come in your dreams and try to get a foothold in your life with fear or with sexual lust or with sexual perversions. And you just think that's you. No, when you learn the spirit realm, you wake up and say, shut up. Shut up. You no longer have right to be in my dream life. Some of you, I believe, right now are struggling in your dream life. And the enemy is trying to get a foothold to you in that area, uh, consuming you with fear, consuming you with uh, perversions and lust. You've got control over that. Once you tap into the unseen world. I many times wake up, I say, in Jesus' name, you've got to stop that right now. Because I'm able to separate who this new child of God is from the thoughts that come into my mind. There's an old statement by uh, Kenneth Hagin. He says this. He says, you cannot keep the thoughts from flying over. You can't keep the birds from flying over a tree, but you can keep them from nesting. And man, I'm telling you, that's a full-time job. I said, that's a full-time job, is it not? I mean, I'm, I'm fighting them birds all day long. Get out. Because I don't want them to lodge. If you go to bed thinking of ugly thoughts about a person, guess what? It's going to be like a radio program that goes constantly around in your mind all night long. And when you went to bed at one degree mad at them, you'll wake up at 57 degrees mad at them. And then another 100 degrees mad at them because you didn't understand the unseen world. All the enemy wants you to do is he wants to find place, topos. The Bible says, give the devil no place. Give the devil no place. Give the devil no place. But if you don't understand the invisible world, you don't understand he's looking for a place to sit, to rest, to take up space. That's why the Bible says all kinds of other things. I don't know why I'm off in this area. I wasn't planning on it. But let's just go there anyway. It also says this. It says if you clean out a house and you don't restore it back with other things, that, that it'll come back and they'll refurnish that house with whole other stuff from the old house. But they'll bring more of the old stuff in with it. In other words, it says if you deal with a demon, get a demon delivered out of a person's life, and you don't bring back the word of God and refurnish that house, restore that mind with the word of God, he said he'll bring in seven more worse than the first. And I see it happen all the time. People get lax. They don't keep filling their words, the mind up with the word of God. Don't you know this is the arena, the soul is the arena of the devil? Don't you know that in this arena he wants to march and trump on your life? If you are neglectful in getting the word of God in your mind on a consistent basis, he will not only have left at some point in your life, but when he leaves he's going to come back and bring his brothers and sisters with you, with him. And they're going to live here in the former state is better than the latter state because a person didn't do or didn't have a spiritual intellect and said, let me shut the doors now and let me put in this house some new stuff. And so they remain all in one place. They remain in the same place the rest of their life. And then the enemy just likes controlling their life and all areas of their life. When you get delivered from a particular area, thank God for the deliverance. Now it's time to get saved. 
in your mind. Some people are, listen to me real closely, some people are, are brain dead. Some people are brain dead. In other words, they got this spirit on the inside of them. They have this invisible world on the inside of them, but they've never engaged their mind to understand it. So they're brain dead. All they have, all their, all their soul can do is deal with what's around them. They don't know that there's a whole other thing going on. This is the law of the present but invisible. We need to wise up. We need to understand that there is a spiritual battle going on. There's a spiritual battle around us. And once I realize that, once I understand that those ramifications of that and the consequences in which they bring, then I can live with a whole new existence. I'll tell you a story about a situation. Uh, I was listening to a, um, a Derek Prince a video recently, uh, and he was talking about this, this person uh, whose daughter was, um, was really under witchcraft. And let me just give you an ex explanation for witchcraft. Witchcraft is an uh, act of the flesh in which the flesh wants its own way. And the devils and the demons persuade it or push it or influence it to get its own way. It wants to control that's called witchcraft. And many of us have been involved in witchcraft in that way. In other words, I want my way, I want my way, I want my way. And the devil says, I want to help you get your way, I want to help you get your way, I want to help you get your way. Because the Bible says witchcraft is as rebellion. So when a person rebels from the truth, they open up the door for witchcraft or demons to come in. That's spiritual intellectuality. If I want my way with my wife all the time and I don't want to, uh, you better do it my way and, I, and I'm going to want my way, my way, my way like a little kid, then I'm opening up the door for the enemy to come in and rule and dictate my life because I'm in rebellion. Especially when I'm in known rebellion. Paul said, you know, I'm, I'm, you know I did what I did. I, I didn't know what I was doing. But when I found out what I was doing, I changed. I repented. You can't repent of stuff you don't know you're doing wrong until you figure it out. And God will show it to you. So, so um, this, there's a, uh, this child that was um, involved and didn't know it, and most people don't. You know, that's where, you know, that's where a lot of demonic activity operates within the church is when people want their own way. The one way that you can tell a person is really involved in some level of witchcraft is when they won't come up under authority. That's a sure sign right there. When they won't come up under authority, when they when they like, no, I'm just going to leave now because they won't let, you know they end up under witchcraft. And unless they repent, it's better that they leave. Now, I don't know why y'all got me off on this area, but, but anyway, must be the two tablets. <laughs> Blame it on the two tablets. But we're talking about what? The present 
the law of the present but invisible. So he said that, um, he said, when you get yourself in a place of worship and, and prayer, he says, you go and you lay hands on a particular area of that clothing that that child likes. And so he did that, went in there and, and uh, prayed over the child. This is a, uh, um, uh, uh, the parent. Went and prayed and cast out the demons in that, in that room, laid hands on it, probably put some oil on it, whatever they did, cast out that spirit of witchcraft and that spirit of rebellion and did so. said so the person came in and put the clothes on. Guess what? Person got delivered. Said that, said that, said that the, the grandmother was the same way. Matter of fact, that was the doorway in which the witchcraft came in. That was the doorway in which, which this, this stuff came in. Said, <laughs> said, the, said, the, said the grandmother was cleaning the clothes one day, put the clothes in the dryer, came out delivered. Now, what am I saying? Paul at one time, spiritual intellectuality, the invisible but present. Paul was one time, the Bible says Paul had handkerchiefs that were taken from him. And they laid them on the demoniacs, they laid them on the sick people, and they were well. Because it was suspended within, the, the anointing was suspended within that cloth. So we have a spiritual precedence there, right? But you got to have a spiritual intellectuality because if you don't, you say, well, ain't that, that's just weird, pastor. That's just, that's just weird. I ain't going to do that. Well, if you have a spiritual intellectuality, which comes from an understanding or the reverence or the fear of the Lord, there was a man named, um, the, the, that was, uh, was his, he was a servant of a king. Y'all help me out with the names. I'm, I'm not there with the names. But he came and, and he said, um, um, my servant, uh, the servant said that uh, Elijah, Elijah can heal you. And so he told the king, he said, go and wash yourself in, in some river seven times. And the king said, um, what, y'all helping me? Excuse me? Well, tell me the names. Naaman. So Naaman was the king, right? And so he had a servant who told him that Elijah could heal him, right? Elijah gave him instructions to go wash in the what? In the Jordan River, all right? And so, and so he went and he, he told him, he said, well, aren't the rivers of what? The yeah, but I'm saying, but he said in his rivers around him better than the Jordan, right? And so he said, what, so what does it matter to you? I'm making the rest of it up. Y'all do that. He said, what does it matter to you where, you where he tells you to wash? Just be obedient. Just be obedient. Just, just do. That's what comes with reverence. That's why we miss it many times is because if we'll just say uh, the greatest spiritual intellectuality is just do what God tells you to do and you become so smart spiritually. So he went and he washed in the Jordan River. How many? Seven times? Seven, I got that right then, right? Seven times in the Jordan River and the leprosy was taken off of his body. How did he become smart? He became into spiritually, intellectually, just by listening to the prophet of God. The Bible says, listen to the prophets and you will prosper. 
Now, do we want to remain just in the realm of hallelujahs and, and thank you, Lords, and, and or do we want to be spiritually intellectual? Do we want to have a knowledge of the present and the invisible, or the, 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 the difference between present but invisible? Do we want to live in that kind of reality? David Yankee Cho called it the fourth dimension. Where we, we begin to live and tap into not this dimension, where we all we see is what we can see, but we begin to tap into the fourth dimension, the dimension of the spirit, the dimension of the spirit where God reigns and rules, where they recognize Jesus, where Jesus made a public show of the demons. In the spirit realm, he, he publicly uh, ran them across and said, you all are defeated. Now walk in front of all the other spirit world with your heads down because I've just beat you up. And he paraded them in the spirit realm. And we tap into that spirit. We tap into that people. We tap into that so we're no longer moved and, and shaken by, by things that are out here in this world. We begin to be spiritually connected people. We're learning how to discern spiritually. We're learning how to know what, who's around us, what's around us, what kind of spirit is operating in folk. And never take it out on the people, but be, I'm talking about mean to that spirit. How dare you try to take over a particular life? How dare you try to rule that person's life? You're not in my presence going to have them. That's the present but the invisible. And we learn how to walk in that, be pursuant of that, tap into that. I was just the other day, just and we'll close with this, the present, but I was riding my bike through a community recently, and I rode by this person. And as I rode by them, I got to catch him in the, in the invisible realm. I got a sense in my invisible realm. It's like you need to stop and go and, and talk to that person. But I kept on going. And so I got to the corner of the street, and it was so, so powerful on the inside of me. I said, well, I'm going to go back. And so I went back to the person on my bicycle, and I stopped, and I said, hey, I just wanted to say hello to you. Just wanted to see how you were doing. And then I said, uh, would you mind if I prayed with you? He says, well, I don't mind prayer. I said, well, good. So I'm going to come down and pray. And I ended up spending the next half an hour with him and his wife who came out of their house, who came and talked with me, who we began to connect on some things, even from, from I think, we, we, I believe, based upon some of our conversations, that we were actually related. And the more we began to pray and, and, and begin, excuse me, began to talk to him, the more you began to realize, realize the Spirit of God was working. Just by paying attention to the present but invisible. The present but invisible. If you want to adventure in life, if you want to make your days, that's why Jesus said when he was with the woman at the well, am I getting that story right? Yeah, there was a woman at the well. Amen. That's right. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I read my Bible. <laughs> there was a woman at the well. 
And the Bible says Jesus had need to go through Samaria. In other words, the present but invisible was talking to him. And he had need. What for? They don't normally go through Samaria. Jews normally don't go through Samaria. But today he had need to go through Samaria. And when he got to Samaria, he met a Samaritan woman. And as they began to talk, he began to, in his spirit, began to know what her deal was. Just from casual conversation. Just from talking to her. Just from going just a little deeper. Going a little deeper so that he could get to the source. And as he began to go there, she began to reveal, he began to reveal. She began to talk, he began to talk. And to the end, he said these words, and I love it because you know the rest of the story. She began to reveal her life. She thought he was a prophet. You know, you must be such and such. And he told her, you know, I've got the, word, the, 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 the living water with me and all that. So in the end, he said when his disciples came back, and here's the sensation you're going to get when you start tapping into the invisible world. You're going to get this sensation. When you pour out, you're going to get the same sensation Jesus says, I have meat that you know not of. If your life is kind of a flat lined right now, if you're really going to like, oh, no, I don't have, uh, you know, I'm not getting contentment, it's because maybe you get your, your, your spiritual rim is jammed up. Let it flow. Tap into some things. Go to the, the grocery store saying, God, you know, if you have somebody today you want me to, to, be, to, to, to be around or to talk to, you know, I'm, I'm your vessel. And you'll find out that when you come out of that, 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 that uh, grocery store, no matter how much you've spent, if you follow the leading of the Spirit of God, you're going to be satisfied. You're going to be satisfied. There's going to be something on the inside of you that says, it's all right. Amen. I said amen. amen. The invisible but the present. Every week I give uh, Judy, and we're closing, I give Judy about four subtitles. I said, today we're going to talk about the laws of, and I give her about four things. And uh, she told me this time, she said, oh, we stopped at the law of Present but invisible. I said, when? I thought we covered that. She said, no. No, she didn't say it like that. She said, no. <laughs> I said, yes, I did. And she said, no. And, 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 and I'm not getting far with this because it's so vitally important. These laws are important. I want us to leave here today tapping into the realm of the Spirit. Now, the only way you can really tap into the realm of the Spirit, listen to me real closely here, the only way you can trust the realm of the Spirit that you're tapping into it is that you're reading the Word of God. Don't be tapping into the realm of the Spirit if you're not reading the Word of God. Because <laughs> you're going to tap into something. And when you tap into it, they're going to say, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And them demons will jump on your backside and, and beat you to pieces. So make sure you're reading the Word of God. Make sure your love walk is intact. Make sure you're treating people right. And then you can start tapping into the spirit realm. Because it'll be clean. It'll be pure. 
you won't be trying to find the third eye and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you, you get it. <laughs> you get it soon. Are y'all with me? Say amen. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.